0: When were the... What school's (laughs) up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they
1: keep the loop... What is this?
0: It's Curious City.
2: Where WBEZ answers your questions...
0: About Chicago, the region, and its people.
1: I'm Christopher Johnson. If you ride the CTA buses enough, it'll happen to you. You'll be rolling along for maybe 20, 30 minutes... You look to the back, see that same kid that was there when you got on, still staring at his phone. There's the driver up front, and you, and nobody else. Wellington. Experiences like these are what got this guy to drop us a line.
0: I'm Fred Pineda. I am a postdoctoral student at the University of Chicago.
1: I catch Fred one morning standing at Wacker in Michigan, waiting on the two to get him to work at the university. His question for us goes back to his student days.
0: I used to live in Hyde Park and then uh, come downtown a lot. And the last bus down to Hyde Park is about 12.30 a.m., the number six bus that I would take. And usually there would only be about four or five of us on that bus, especially during weekday. So I was thinking there's no way that the CTA is making money off this bus route.
1: So here's what he wants to know.
0: How many fares... Does it require for a bus to get to the break-even point? So how much money needs to come in per hour to cover the cost of the driver, maintenance, gas, and whatever else I'm not thinking of?
1: Pineda's bus is pulling up, so he's got to take off. Got
0: to say bye now? All right. All right thanks. All right, Thank you. All right, have a good one.
1: Too. And I'm left with this question, the break-even point. What's that sweet spot where the amount of cash coming into the fare box on a given bus line is the same as what's going out to cover the bus's operating costs? Not a small question. Just in the first half of this year, about 869,000 weekday trips were taken on CTA buses. In search of an answer for our thought experiment, I asked Yona Freemark, a city planner with the Metropolitan Planning Council to take a ride with me.
2: Let's, uh, let's take the 22. Okay.
1: Fremark does a lot of work around transportation and development policy, and he says it is possible for a bus like the one we're riding to pay for itself,
2: to break even. Here's how he figures. Calculations from 2013 tell us that it costs about $132 uh, per hour to drive a bus. So in order to pay for the full operations of this bus over the course of this hour, we would need people to pay the equivalent of $132 getting on this bus. So there it is. $132
1: is about what it costs per hour to run this bus. That's all in. Driver, gas, maintenance, and whoever's going to clean up that sticky mystery stain on the floor over there. With fare set at 2 bucks a person, you might figure that this bus could hit this goal in no time. That's just 66 people. But hang on. Students, kids, seniors, people in the military, people with disabilities, and low-income riders all can get reduced or free trips. Plus, there are unlimited ride passes and transfers.
2: Very few people pay a full fare. Given the fact that the average passenger on a bus is only paying about a dollar per trip, we would need about 132 people to ride this bus over the course of the next hour. It's possible we achieve that, but it's unlikely at this time. Now, at peak hour, we might.
1: Now, the CTA runs 128 bus routes, and the agency says some lines attract more passengers than others. But it didn't lay out which routes break even. Freemark says if a bus was going to hit that sweet spot, though, it'll most likely happen during peak hours.
2: So now we've got maybe, what, like, what would you say? 20 people on the bus, and I would say about maybe... 10 or 15 people have gotten on and gotten off over the period that we've been on the bus. So let's say a total of 40 40 people maximum took this bus. So that's only covering about a third of the
1: costs. Right now, the CTA bus system gets back in fares 39% of what it spends on gas, maintenance, salaries, administration. The rest is covered through state and city subsidies, mainly sales tax and the real estate transfer tax. The CTA says it's providing a service, so it's not trying to eliminate every subsidy. But what if they wanted the bus system to break even? How much would
2: the price of a ride go up? If you wanted to cover the total costs of all the buses, their operation, and everything like that, you would need to increase the fare to $5.12 per trip. That would be a full fare
1: of 512. There would still be reduced fares, but those would go up too. But listen... Listen, this is just a what-if. We don't know of any impending CTA price hikes. Still, $5.12
2: a ride. Wow. That's an increase of 156%. But doing that would immediately result in a significant decline in the number of people taking the buses. You might know all about this. Think of what you need in order
1: to get around. Now, the price of that thing, say a tank of gas or a metro ticket, could rise and rise and rise. And it'll hit a point where you say, enough. You start driving less or taking fewer train rides. Lots of other people are making the same choices you are for the same reasons. As the price goes up, the number of people willing to pay goes down. Freemark says there's actually a formula for figuring out how price jumps affect bus ridership. He calculates that if the base fare jumped to our hypothetical $5.12, CTA bus ridership would crash by something like two-thirds. So this isn't just a question of whether the CTA as a public service should or shouldn't try to break even. They really can't. Not by raising fares, anyway.
2: Now there's an alternative, which is to significantly increase the ridership.
1: In 2013, about 300 million trips were taken on CTA buses. If
2: you were to increase that number by 156%, you would be able to pay for the operation of the bus system just using fares. But then... If we more than doubled the number of people riding the bus every day, you would need many, many more buses, so you would dramatically increase the cost of operations of the bus system. So you're always going to end up in a situation where your expenses are going to exceed your fare revenues. Here's
1: one more reason why breaking even might be hard for CTA buses.
2: If the bus service were faster, especially rush hour, I bet you more people would ride this bus. Look, it's taken us about 30 minutes to make it from downtown up to Diversity, which is only a few miles, you know. So we're going much slower than you could in theory if the bus were operating in its own lane, if it had a traffic signal priority.
1: But remember, improving bus service could raise the CTA's costs. And that would make it harder to break even without raising fares. So here's another question. Should the CTA bus system try to break even? Maybe it's worth it to make the buses pay for themselves. I talked to CTA rider Quinn Naughton at a bus stop under the Belmont L station. They should be losing money, actually. This should not be a for-profit business. It's called public transportation, not private. 25 cents here, 25 cents there. Yeah, they can get away with that. If they raise it like a dollar or something, people should protest. People should actually revolt. So I asked Naughton, if CTA decided to more than double its bus fares, would he do it? Would he do it?
0: No, that that would be beyond a breaking point for me. So what would you do? Move.
1: Again, this is all just hypothetical. Still, every now and then, politicians in Springfield do call for public transit to be more self-sufficient. Given the state's budget challenges, they say, the CTA ought to be better at standing on its own, too. Lawrence Massal doesn't see it that way. As president of the Chicago Civic Federation, Masal is usually all about financial sustainability. He recently wrote that the city should think about cutting fire and police staff before raising taxes. But this same guy is thumbs down on the break-even idea for CTA buses.
2: If you mean that you should fully recover the cost of the service all on the riders and who are using the service, no, it's not a reasonable expectation. It needs to be subsidized in some form by the government. Not only
1: should the CTA not be expected to get its own back, Masal says, and remember, this is from a fiscal watchdog, he says maybe the subsidies should actually
2: go up. There is a very strong argument to be made that if the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois was in better financial shape, that it should be investing more in the public transit system, that we should basically be reducing even more the cost of riding the CTA to attract more riders or to expand the system.
1: Massal says the CTA has struggled with inefficiencies in the past, but right now, he thinks the system can't get cheaper. It just costs too much to operate. But Massal says it's worth the price because CTA buses earn their keep every day in so many ways besides what they pull in through the fare box.
2: There's environmental benefits. There's congestion benefits. There there is the ability to have less rush hour traffic and better air quality the more people are using public transportation.
1: Amen to that, says Sarah Irwin. I catch her at the end of her workday. She's standing at a bus stop with plenty of time to talk.
0: You're lucky I have 10 minutes to wait for this stupid bus. (laughs) She sees
1: a lot of benefits to a strong bus system even one that Massal missed.
2: car culture is death,
1: and if you could have really great public transportation, you wouldn't
2: have to have as many cars.
1: We don't own a car, and we specifically chose a neighborhood, Lakeview, where we can walk or get
0: public transportation or a zip car to where we need to go. So it's, it's vital to us.
1: You're reported this week, me. Christopher Johnson. Oh, and for the break-even question in our thought experiment, thanks to Fred Pineda, who just might be on a CTA bus right now, living it up.
0: I get to do whatever I want on the bus, so it's... What does that mean, do whatever you want on the bus? (laughs) It's not like driving where you have to be paying attention. I can be answering email, reading a book, falling asleep if I want to, which often happens on the way back. Just don't miss your stop.
1: That stinks no matter how much you paid. Support for this ride on Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Well, we got the mother and the kids. We got the guy and his date. We all get mad.
0: We all get late. Look like somebody forgot about us. Standing on a corner waiting for a
2: bus. And- Curious City is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at GooseIsland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best you drink. Next time on WBEZ's Curious City, what's the perfect assignment for a crack team of WBEZ reporters and a Chicago cop? Figuring out why Dunkin' Donuts took over Chicago and how some indie donut shops survived. This investigation took plenty of sleuthing. Delicious.
1: (laughs) Man, I love donuts that are crunchy on the outside. Mm. You know, a little bit of crunch is the best. Oh man, this is the best.
2: (laughs) Chicago's Indie Donut Shops. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPRs through line wherever you get your podcasts.